The new Premier League football season starts on Saturday morning New Zealand time. 20 teams, 380 games across the next eight months or so. One of the best loved and most well-known voices in the football world is that of top football commentator Peter Drury, who joins us now. Peter, it's always such a great pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Have you uh, have you summered well? Jason, it's, it's been a great summer, to be absolutely honest with you. I've had a lovely rest, a little bit of a holiday, uh, enjoyed the cricket, and grown to love the New Zealanders, if I may say, even more through the Cricket World Cup, because... Although we had a great moment when we won it, my goodness me, our hearts were burning for you guys who certainly didn't deserve to lose that final. Um, And so we've had some good sport, but we can't wait for the Premier League to come round again. No, we can't wait either. All right, well, let's start uh, at the top, I guess. Manchester City won the Community Shield, the traditional pre-season game. Are are they, in the eyes of most, Peter, the favourites to win it again? Yes, I think they are. Um, Although the fact that I gave that answer so quickly and snappily probably isn't properly indicative of of how competitive it is still likely to be. Um, Most observers expect it to be a race between Liverpool and Manchester City again with the the other familiar big names just trying to get a little piece of the action if they can. Um, City haven't done a lot of transfer business. They have lost Vincent Kompany, who has obviously been their iconic leader through this great generation of theirs. So... That is a weakening. They, they've bought in one Spanish player, Rodri, as, uh, as a sort of midfield reinforcement. Um, but let's be frank, they haven't needed to, to reinforce very much because the, the talent that they have available to them is, uh, is formidable. So, uh, yeah, I, anybody who finishes above Manchester City will certainly be champion. All right. Well, could Liverpool, they... they... Ran them all the way last season, didn't they? Anything to suggest that Liverpool might be able to to take that one extra step this season? I, I think what what is in Liverpool's favour is the acknowledgement by everyone that last season can't happen again. It was a freak season where they got ninety seven points, and as you say, that wasn't enough. That would have been sufficient any other year. Liverpool actually produced, I think I'm right in saying, the third best. Premier League season ever and yes it wasn't good enough to win that Premier League season so I I suppose what Liverpool can tell themselves is that if they repeat what they did last time it would almost certainly be sufficient to make them champions Um, and if Manchester City are good enough to do it again um, Liverpool are certainly good enough to do it again so uh, strap in and let's enjoy the ride. Absolutely. The chasing pack, I guess the familiar uh, faces are all there. Uh, Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester United. I, I don't mean to group them all together, Peter. I don't need uh, detailed analysis of all of them. But, but who do you see in the, in, the, uh, in the Champions League spots, let's say? Yeah, really interesting, actually, because they all have their vulnerabilities uh, and they all have their potential strength. I, funny enough, I expect Arsenal to be certainly very exciting to watch in an attacking sense. That they do, as always, seem to be defensive vulnerabilities for them. But it wouldn't surprise me if Arsenal came good. Chelsea is a very interesting project with Frank Lampard now, of course, in charge of them, a, a, a club legend. They're slightly hamstrung because they haven't been able to uh, go into the transfer market for various indiscretions in the past. Um, and so they've not been able to add substantially to their squad. This is obviously the start of a first full season for Oli Solskjaer at Manchester United, and, and I know um, that, of course, they are the world's English football team. Manchester United have such 
extraordinary support around the world, that there'll be great burden of expectation on their shoulders. Uh, and that's going to be a very interesting one to watch after a lot of, of summer politics involving players, transfer rumours and, uh, and, and so on. And, and Tottenham are probably most people's favourite to be the ones that if anyone can sort of interrupt the, the City-Liverpool duopoly, they ought to be the ones who are most stable and best placed to do so. The promoted sides, we always uh, enjoy seeing new sides into the Premier League. Aston Villa, Sheffield United and Norwich. Of the three, Peter, who looks best equipped to uh, to still be there next season? Yeah, it's a really interesting one because Aston Villa, of course, were the ones who had to rely on the playoff to get up. They didn't go there automatically, but they've done a lot of business uh, in terms of transfers. I think they brought in a dozen new names. They are traditionally at least the biggest of those three clubs. They're the they're the best resource. They have a wonderful stadium. They have a great history in the Premier League. And so instinct tells you that, that they ought to be the ones who will be okay. And I suspect they will be. I'm really interested in Norwich because they're a very together club, a parochial club in the, in the east of England, out on a limb by themselves and, and very, very insular in the most positive sense. They, they really are uh, an entity that believes in itself. They've got a great club spirit. And obviously they start at Liverpool, which is a, a massive task for them. They'll be fun to watch. And Sheffield United as well, a great community club, a, 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 an ancient club with a real heart uh, and a manager who is a, actually a genuine boyhood fan of the club as well, and Chris Wilder. So there'll be a lot of passion there. It'll be interesting to see whether, though, there is the, the playing quality to keep them alive. Could one of the, the big clubs, and, and I'm, when I'm saying big, I mean a, a club like Newcastle, for example, or, or Southampton, teams we're used to seeing in the Premier League, uh, could they find themselves in trouble this season, Peter? Well, I, I think Newcastle are on the tips of uh, everybody's tongue when there's a conversation to be had about who might go down because they have had this sort of dysfunctionality hanging over them for quite a period now. Um, Rafa Benitez was, was a maestro in terms of keeping them up. He just knew what the formula was. They've lost him. Now they've got in Steve Bruce a, um, a really genuine and very, very experienced coach. But one questions whether their squad is, um, is much better than a bottom three squad. And so, yeah, I think they're vulnerable. And I, I think, you know, it, it's interesting we, we talk about those sorts of clubs who we begin to take for granted because they've been there for a while, Newcastle, Southampton, even the likes of Watford, who reached the cup final, or um, Bournemouth, clubs who've been there a little while, and you sort of think, oh, they're okay now, they'll survive. Listen, for all of those clubs, almost all the clubs outside of the top six, the first requirement is always simply to get to the 40 points that will make you safe. The Premier League is, is not a league that you can take for granted and assume anything. So don't be at all surprised if someone who's finished relatively comfortably last year on 50-odd points suddenly finds themselves three or four months into the season looking over their shoulder and feeling twitchy because there isn't, there isn't a game which you would call a gimme. Um, and that, of course, is what's so appealing about the league. Absolutely. Just a couple more for you, Peter. Uh, the, the teams that, you know, some of the ones you mentioned there, the teams who, who tend to exist around sort of, I guess, 7th to 14th uh, year after year. Anybody you know, who could do a Wolves uh, from last year? Could Wolves do a Wolves? Uh, or would it oh, be Wolves. an Everton? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they could. Jason, absolutely they could. And, and actually, I, I quite like the chances of a few of them. I think... 
Wolves could easily do a Wolves. Um, they're, they're a strong squad now. They, they could be slightly hamstrung because they're involved in the early rounds of European competition as a result of how well they did last year. So um, that might complicate the early weeks of their season. But it, I, I think they have a strong enough squad to deal with all of that. So expect them to be in at least upper mid-table again. I think despite losing Harry Maguire to Manchester United, I think Leicester will have a real crack at it this year under Brendan Rodgers. Everton are working very hard in the transfer market, and there's a demand on them to go big again. And I also have a little inkling for West Ham. I think they have bought sensibly this year. They're, they're gradually coming to terms with themselves again in their new stadium, which has been a, a millstone round their neck in its early years. Um, I think they're well managed, and I think West Ham could be relatively strong. So there's four for you that... I don't say they will all, um, or necessarily that any of them will penetrate the top six, but I think one or two of them just might give the established big clubs a shiver or two. There's nothing like it. The uh, the first day of the season or the first weekend of the season fast approaching. Peter, we so enjoy your time on Radio Sport. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Jason, it's always good to speak to you. Thank you very much.